Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Well, after the markets taking yesterday off for the holiday, came back with not a lot of excitement. We saw some mixed trade happening in our corn market. It was lower in the beans. I should say maybe most of the excitement came out of the way that wheat complex traded. And if you flip the page over to the livestock side, cattle down and mixed on the hogs. So just kind of one of those Mon Tuesdays is like I like to call it. Coming off that three-day weekend, we've got things that we need to look at, though. Russia, Ukraine, the weather here in the U.S. and South America. But really, not a lot of fireworks are going to happen until the planting intentions report to really be a big needle mover. Now, that comment coming from Darren Fessler, who joins us. He is with Lakefront Futures, and I kind of want to hit that first. We don't have a lot happening per se between now and the planning intentions report to really get this market fired up. Uh, we really don't. Not not from a U.S. fundamental standpoint, and it really all the eyes are still going to be on on Russia, Ukraine, uh, obviously South American weather, and how they're uh, they're going to shape up here to finish out that crop. Uh, still, a lot of things could pan out. I, I think for Argentina, uh, I, I think when we when we speak of South America, we I think we just we just group it all together and i think that's something we got to be very careful with because argentina plants a lot different time frame than say central and northern brazil and you know given how early a lot of the plants are right now in argentina which is not even 100 percent planted right now uh there's still a lot of things that could develop to still have a pretty decent crop in argentina and, and i can say the same thing for brazil i think brazil at least way the models um are, are trying to pan out here at least the models that i'm looking at at say 136 and 141 is still a potential if they can get some much needed rain especially across those larger producers like rio grande do sul and parnara uh, you know in southern brazil if they can get some rain i i still think that yes damage has been done but they can still have a pretty decent crop and then obviously the big the, the big elephant in the room here would be the russia ukraine how does the u.s handle that how does that impact the wheat market because obviously uh, i think it did have an influence in today's trade so let's look at this weather in south america because we know that a harvest has been taking place you my friend have been posting some amazing pictures and videos this entire harvest season being sent by folks that you know in south america what has been their biggest concern right now as they try to harvest and look towards that safrina corn cob? Yeah, it's it depends on where you are in in Brazil right now. Um, if you're in Mato Grosso, the biggest producer of, of beans in, in the country, Brazil, um, your your window of, of of harvest and planting has been all over the board a little bit. In general, they're very very early stages of of harvest. Um, still got a long ways to go in certain areas of the state, though. Um, the biggest concern that those producers in that region uh, of, of of Brazil would have is the continued rain. There is some white mold issues that are starting to develop in, in those areas, but the constant rains could hamper that harvest, but that would be their concern. Now, if you're moving further south into Panaro, Rio Grande do Sul, that is where the dryness has been really hampering that crop. And so you're going to get two different perspectives, uh, you know, depending on where you are in Brazil. Now, if, if you are in Panaro, the second largest bean producer, you got some really, really good beneficial rains this last week. 
yes, there were still some crops that did not get that, still crops that have definitely had some damage done. But as of right now, it would be a situation of too dry in the south, maybe too wet, maybe with some disease issues starting to settle in a little bit um, on in the central and northern parts of Brazil where they've had some excessive rains. So is there concern, and we talked about this a little bit yesterday with Mike Zuzalo, is there concerns out there or some stress factors for the safrina corn crop knowing the weather pattern they've had up until now? Uh, if if the weather pattern can change and La Nina starts to back off, which it seems like it's going to, it's really going to set up that safrina corn crop in a, in a good light, meaning if the rains return here, they're going to get the crop out or probably earlier than normal on the bean because they planted earlier. So keep in mind, that's going to push that safrina corn crop into a much earlier planting. Now, if the rains return, we are still set up for a pretty decent safrina crop in Brazil. And the way that the, the my production models are continuing to run, it's still uh, we're obviously going to take a hit on the first crop. But that second crop, which is the, by far the biggest, we're still looking like we get a 115, maybe to 120 million metric ton crop out of Brazil. But it all comes down to if the weather can change a little bit, get get more consistent precip in some of these drier areas. Now, um, how is that going to impact Argentina? Because Argentina is still a pretty decent bean grower, pretty decent corn grower very very early here so there's you know the 10 to 14 day forecast is still showing quite a bit of precip coming back towards buenos aires cordoba santa fe the big the big three producers of argentina as well we can't forget what we're seeing weather-wise here in the states as well because you know to the south they're looking towards getting ready to start that spring planting yep yeah and i think that that's a that's going to be a huge issue um, here is here as well where you have a battle, I think, between corn, cotton, beans, milo. Um, I, I still think that the bean market is still providing some opportunities to get some more acres here. I don't think that the way the cotton market has really moved here, I don't know if it's going to sway a whole lot of people away from corn, given where corn prices are, because still all of these things all have to go back to some of these input costs, which are very, very high. That they are. When we come back, we're going to continue to take a look at what's been happening uh, in this trade. We're going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine. Really want to know how much uh, this latest COVID variant and everything that's been happening. Get Darren's thoughts as well as to how he sees that as a, as a market mover or inhibitor on, on our livestock side. So a lot yet to look at as we continue. It is the Tuesday version here of the Fontenelle Final Bell. Real quick before we send it to break, Ryan, folks, you can pick this up as a podcast as well by going to our website at ruralradionetwork.com. More is coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. As you talk to your local Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, they'll tell you our product lineup is second to none. Here's Eric Wasinius with Peterson Livestock near Oxford, Nebraska. I think a lot of it is as far as what really makes Fontenelle stand out is our product lineup. Um, we've got things that'll fit in pretty much any environment or situation that we run into in uh, central Nebraska. To find out more about products or how you can become a Fontenelle Hybrids dealer, go to Fontenelle.com. Always read and follow grain marketing and all other stewardship practices and pesticide. VM. Welcome back. Back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Continuing the conversation this afternoon with Darren Fessler. He is with Lakefront Futures. We're talking a little bit about weather here in the U.S. And before we jump on to what's been happening globally, wondering the jump that we saw in the wheat market in part, could it be because we continue to see such dryness in the plains? 
Uh, it, it definitely is a big factor, and uh, you know, to me, I'm I'm concerned about how this winter wheat crop is looking uh, at at this stage. Um, if you look at the the good to excellent ratings and how much they declined here in the recent report, uh, it, it does. You should, as a producer, err on the side of caution about being overly overly aggressive, being bearish if you're in this camp with wheat, uh, especially with some of the geopolitical things that are going on. You may the geopolitical with some dryness here, and I think that you you could be setting up for a little bit of fireworks here. Uh, and given how much wheat has sold off here, it is going to get some opportunities to play some balances, and I think that's exactly what we had seen today. Okay, so now we'll take a look at what's been happening uh, with Russia, Ukraine, even some talk of some China post-Olympics coming up. What are some of the keys that you need to be watching out for? I, I think we got to watch what the Russia's or Ukraine situation really turns into and what um, is is Putin, is he playing poker here, trying to, uh, you know, maybe put the scare into the world market and, and maybe show some of his power. And um, I, I think that is a huge, huge question mark being russia uh is a second largest wheat exporter in the world ukraine number four um so to me it's not only that but they're huge producers of wheat as well um to me it's going to continue to put a bid underneath uh, of the wheat market for some time and especially if you look at how crude oil is continuing to trade there's definitely a risk premium in that trade so uh, to me uh, if the bid is under wheat and the bid is under corn or under crude oil right now it's going to be very difficult i think to really tank these grain markets because you have strength in wheat which is going to put strength in corn you have a situation in brazil and argentina that's not really known right now and we know that they've had some weather issues so it's it's going to you're going to see these gyrations between the bulls and the bears here but really no direction in my opinion and so right now it, it is a factor we have to watch ukraine and and russia and and really not just Ukraine and Russia, but Poland and Belarus, because they are coming in here and there were some rumors out, some headlines out that Poland had maybe fired some shots at Belarus. Well, they're very, very close to each other, and it could start to entrap the Ukrainian uh, uh, you know, land. So that in itself, if there is war that gets started here, what does the impact that have on the wheat market and the conditions in Russia, Ukraine, still very much up in the air? You know, when you see those those videos of those missiles flying, it definitely gives you that um, very sad but wondering what's going to happen in the world feeling. It, it really does. It, it really does. It, 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 we've dealt, dealt with so many supply issues, and this would just be another kink in the whole uh, world supply chains. Um, and so, and not only that, you had mentioned China and the Olympics. Now, I don't think anything's going to happen uh, with China and Taiwan until afterwards. But I don't think it's a matter of when Russia does something with Ukraine or when uh, China does something, uh, you know, with Taiwan. But it, it, it's going to happen, I think, in my opinion. It's just what 
are we looking at more sanctions? Are we looking at actual military type operations where there is bullets being flown uh, and missiles being flown? Uh, you know, that's a huge, huge question I think for these ag markets because there is, if you look at the world wheat trade, stocks used as the lowest has been in about five years now. So we're not running out of wheat, but there's still going to be that risk premium, especially in this market. And if you look at domestically here again, I, you got to be really concerned if you are a winter wheat grower and how dry it is out there. Want to switch gears before we wrap up and let, let's take a look at the livestock side. And, and we know that COVID continues to take take hold, and there's been a lot of talk of, of folks being ill and, and missing work. How do you see that having an effect on this w- livestock and, and pork trade uh, for cattle? You know, for cattle, you know, I continue to be a little bit friendly cattle here in the backdrop of uh, not only just feeders and fats, but in the backdrop of what this COVID variant could be. Now, granted, we, we've seen some of the situations in, in 20, what it did with the plants shutting down. Now, I don't think we're going to ever get to that point again, but I still think that as long as the corn remains strong, I do think that there, there's really going to be no direction in cattle for the time being. But longer term, I'm still a little bit friendly cattle here. And real quick on the hogs. And the hogs, I still think we got to watch China. China had a lot of, you know, didn't did not import a whole lot of pork versus a twenty. I still think the hogs can move higher here, especially those summer months. All right, sounds good. What's the best way, Darren, for folks to get a hold of you? They can text me, call me anytime at 312-858-3668. And that has been today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As a reminder, folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, and they're not suitable for all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.